This episode contains graphic descriptions of violence. Please be advised. So I came in that morning at uh, 7 a.m. It's working at 7 to 3. That's retired Lieutenant Michael Ciravolo. In May 1990, he was a detective sergeant overseeing the Queen's Crimes Against Senior Citizen Squad. As I walked in, pouring my cup of coffee, Andy Cardamone approached me, and he had worked night watch the night before. And he said, Sarge, we had a shooting of a senior last night in the 102 precinct, and this note was found near the body. And it was a very, very bizarre, eerie note with some cryptic signs on it. The note was written on white loose-leaf paper. At the top of the page was a circular zodiac chart with three symbols, Scorpio, Gemini, and Taurus. At the bottom, there was a drawing of a gun sight. This is the zodiac. The 12 signs will die when the belts in the heaven are seen. It was signed Faust, a reference to a literary character who sold his soul to the devil. To me, it immediately was reminiscent of the Son of Sam case. The serial killer, Son of Sam, whose real name was David Berkowitz, killed six people and wounded seven others in New York City in 1977. During his crime spree, he terrorized the city by writing taunting notes to both police and the media. I walked down the hall and Detective Bill Clark, a top-notch homicide detective in Queens, was uh, having his coffee at 7 a.m., and we went to the scene. The shooting took place in Woodhaven, a quiet block of two-story homes near Highland Park, Queens. The victim, Joseph Prochi, was 78 years old and walked with a cane. At two in the morning, he was in front of his house when a stranger appeared behind him. The guy asked for a cup of water and then asked if he can come inside. Prochi dismissed him, and when he turned towards his front door, he was shot in the back. Thanks to the help of neighbors who called 911, Prochi survived. He was in critical condition at Jamaica Hospital. Some of Joseph Prochi's clothing had been cut off him to render medical aid before they put him in the ambulance, and some of those articles of clothing were laying on the stoop. And I recall vividly Bill Clark picking up either a shirt or a coat, and as he picked it up, the bullet fell out of it. We fanned out and started a canvas, and the canvas is knocking on doors, seeing if anybody was up walking their dog that night who may have seen something, who hadn't come forward. Maybe somebody couldn't sleep or was looking out the window. One neighbor said he heard the gunshot and rushed to the window. From his second floor apartment, he saw a man dressed in black walking away from Prochi's house with his hands in his pockets. Then, as soon as he turned the corner, he sprinted away. There was a woman who told us that she had seen something, not clearly, but saw a man and couldn't give a really clear description. To cover their bases, the detectives recorded the plate numbers of nearby cars. After all, it was a parking ticket that led investigators to Son of Sam. They talked to the victim's neighbors. He was a World War II veteran. Uh, He was a loner. We had heard from uh, various people that Joe had his days and nights mixed up a little bit and he used to like to go walking after midnight 
I had heard that he was uh, collecting newspapers or maybe cans, and he didn't want people to see him doing that. The detectives would have to wait until Prochi's condition stabilized to interview him. Later, Cerevolo went back to the station house in Forest Hills. I went into my boss, Chief Menken, who was the uh, commanding officer of Detective Burrow Queens, and I said, Chief, uh, here's a copy of a letter on a shooting we had last night. I hope we don't have another son of Sam. You're listening to Season 3 of Breaking the Case, a true crime podcast written and produced by the New York City Police Department and supported by the New York City Police Foundation. This season, we're going back to 1990, a time when crime in New York City was at an all-time high. A serial killer calling himself the Zodiac works in the shadows and stalks helpless victims. In the taunting letters he writes to the media and police, he promises to kill 12 people, one for each sign in the Zodiac. And he claims to be one of the same as the San Francisco Zodiac killer. That person was linked to five murders in the late 1960s. You'll hear from detectives who spent hundreds of hours trying to track down the New York Zodiac. He was preying on the weak, the vulnerable. He was doing us. He was getting away with it and getting over on it. Join us for season three of Breaking the Case. On the second floor of One Police Plaza, there's an office reserved for crime reporters. It's called The Shack. Each newspaper or wire service has an office in there. There were always phones ringing and, you know, lots of noise in the background. Each office had speakers for the police radios. We were hooked into the citywide, you know, radio systems. My name is Ann Murray, and I worked at the New York Post from July of 1979 until the end of September in 1993. In the cramped rooms of the shack, there was a camaraderie among the reporters, and naturally a fair amount of competition. I remember one guy told me he had a sign that he kept in his pocket and he would hook it onto a payphone if he was going to a press conference, for example, at a precinct, that it would say phone out of order. And he would stick it on the nearest payphone and then after the press conference was over, people would see the sign and run for another payphone and then he would take his sign off and pick it up so he could file his story. One of the biggest stories of Murray's career came through the mail. June 18th, 1990, was a Monday. By now, she'd been at the shack for six years. It was the afternoon. It was about 4 o'clock. And they would send over inter-office mail to the shack from the main building of the Post on South Street at that time. And I opened up the inter-office mail, and there was this letter in there. And I opened it up, and I thought, oh, my God. This is the Zodiac. The 12 signs will die when the belts in the heaven are seen. There was a drawing of crosshairs and a zodiac chart with three signs. The first sign is dead on March 8, 1990, 1.45 a.m. White man with cane shot on the back in the street. In the body of the letter, the writer claimed three homicides. The fact that he wrote the dates and the times of these incidents was really creepy to me. All shot in Brooklyn with 380 round nose lead or 9mm. No grooves on bullet. The letter was signed Faust, underlined three times. 
as a parting shot, Zodiac wrote, No more games, pigs. I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that this was a real something. You know, like sometimes you just have an instinct, you just know. Murray knew that whatever move she made next, she had to be discreet. The last thing she wanted was to get scooped. And I knew a detective in the 109 precinct. His nickname was Ski. I lived in that precinct in Flushing at the time. And so I said, let me call him up because the 109 uh, back in 1977 was the headquarters for the Son of Sam squad. So I figured he knew somebody that may know about this letter because it, it struck me that it was like the same kind of crazy person. So I called him up that afternoon and I said, hey, Ski, you know, I got this letter. It's really strange. And he said, can you fax it to me? And I said, sure. So I went to the fax machine. I faxed the letter to him and he called me back like 15, 20 minutes later. And he said, you've really got something here. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, um, Brooklyn got a letter just like this. That same day, Sergeant Michael Cirovolo was sitting at his desk at Detective Borough, Queens North. I get a call from Bill Clark, and he says, Sarge, I'm at the 109 working on an unrelated homicide. While visiting the 109, Clark noticed the Zodiac letter on a detective's desk. Remember, in the letter to Murray, Zodiac took credit for three shootings. He listed the date and time of each incident, all shot in Brooklyn, he wrote. As Clark read the letter, things started to add up. The third sign is dead on May 31st, 1990, 2.04 a.m. White old man with cane shot in front of house. To Clark, that sounded like the Joseph Prochi shooting. Clark recalled that Prochi's house is 100 feet away from the boundary for the 7-5 precinct. Maybe the Zodiac didn't realize he was in Queens that night. He didn't get the memo on precinct boundaries. The letter writer also seemed unaware that all three of his victims were alive. Now the Queens detectives start making calls. Let's check with Brooklyn detectives to see if they have any shootings that correspond with these two new claims. Now, don't forget, we don't have computers in those days. Everything's a hand search through filing cabinets. So he's claiming two other shootings. And so we call Brooklyn detectives and say, Look through your files and see if you have anything that coincides with this. Few hours later, they call back. They say, we have two shootings. Cerevolo asked if they filed any follow-up reports to the shootings. These reports are typed on forms called Detective Division 5s, also known as DD5s. Do you have the DD5s on this? Well... You know, we're kind of busy in the 7-5, because in those days, the 7-5 were getting 110, 120 homicides a year. And the 102 was getting maybe four. Queens is nowhere near as high as the rate of shootings and homicides in Brooklyn, especially in the 7-5. So if a, a victim survives the shooting, patrol responds, detectives might respond But then they're getting calls to go to a fresh homicide. At Queens North, the chief and his lieutenant look at an astrological chart and make a disturbing discovery. The astrological signs from both notes correspond with the victim's signs, Scorpio, Gemini, and Taurus. They don't know how he's doing it, but Zodiac is targeting his victims according to their star signs. Meanwhile, at one police plaza, Ann Murray got to work. 
She picked up the phone in the shack. It was a direct line to DCPI, the Office of the Deputy Commissioner of Public Information. I said, I need to see Chief Borelli. Chief of Detectives Joseph Borelli had been a captain and head of the Son of Sam Task Force back in 1977. And I sat down with him late that afternoon. I did give him the letter that the editorial page had given to me because it was, you know, the real copy of the letter. He wasn't that happy to see me because all of a sudden he has this big story exploding and, you know, I don't think he really knew about it until then. Murray recorded that conversation. I'm looking at the transcript here. You got the letter in the envelope. What can I help you with? Okay, what would you like to know? I said, well, I have all these questions, you know. Yeah, he basically said if it wasn't for your letter, we wouldn't know what we had. Oh, and he said, this is a quote. He said, you started off with Queens and you got Brooklyn. So I don't know, but by sometime tomorrow morning, we should have the whole picture together and see what the hell we have here. The next morning, on Tuesday, June 19th, the New York Post published the letter along with the headline. Riddle of the Zodiac Shooter, Bizarre Letter Links Three City Gun Attacks. Every news outlet in the city picked up the story. It turned out that CBS 60 Minutes had received a similar letter from Zodiac. It was just crazy, the the explosion of media attention. Over in Queens, Sergeant Cerevolo wasn't happy about the publicity, but he had no time to think about the copycats and the nut jobs who would soon be emerging from the woodwork. I got a call from uh, Captain Gianelli. Captain Gianelli said, Mike, uh, Chief of Detectives wants to see you. And he says, I'll go with you. Even though Cerevolo had 22 years on the job, he felt nervous. This is like being summoned by God, you know, if you're in the detective bureau. To me, the only one uh, of higher importance is the police commissioner. And so we go down to 1PP. We took the case file from Prochi that we had, were working on. And when we got there, I see the commanding officer of Brooklyn homicide. And he was summoned as well. And we're all in the chief of D's office. Chief Borelli was determined to get in front of the investigation. He'd been down this road before. During the summer of Sam, David Berkowitz had taunted Borelli personally in a note left behind at a murder scene. Like Berkowitz, the Zodiac was trying to control the narrative and create fear. There was uh, two detectives from Major Case Squad summoned to the meeting, and those were the two that said, Sarge, do you realize tonight after midnight is Thursday, and it's 21 days since Prochi? And I hadn't. Chief Borelli had asked the detectives from the Major Case Squad to review the case because they had experience in investigating murders as well as occult crimes. They had looked at the dates and times of the shootings and found a pattern. And the dates all fall on a Thursday, and they're all 21 days apart. And by the time we become aware of this letter to Ann Murray, guess what? The next morning, after midnight, it'll be 21 days apart from Prochi, 
and it will also be Thursday. Borelli wanted to know what work had been done on the case. So I had a thick case file. We did a sewer search. We did a canvas. We did plates. We ran all the plates. We send a detective to the hospital on a daily basis. Prochi's still not well enough to be interviewed. He also had a ballistics report, a fingerprint check, and an analysis of the note left next to the victim. I had the paper. I had the DD-5s. And he read through them. Then, Borelli turned to the lieutenant from the 7-5 and asked to see his paperwork. He had a complaint form for each of the two shootings. Maybe he had one DD-5 from each and there was no follow-up. The more DD-5s you have on a case, you know, the more work you've put into it and you've documented the work that you've done because it's important later for court. But in all fairness, they were drowning in murders. Cirovolo was asked to wait outside. He heard loud voices through the door. Then the lieutenant from the 7-5 walked out. And I was told to go in, and Chief Borelli said, Kid, you got the case. After the break, the Zodiac Task Force launches Operation Watchdog. When the Zodiac letter landed on the front page of the New York Post, cops at the 7-5 precinct in East New York got a case of deja vu. Seven months earlier, someone had mailed a similar note to the station house. It, too, had a drawing of the Zodiac wheel. This is the Zodiac. The first sign is dead. The Zodiac will kill the 12 signs in the belt when the zodiacal light is seen. The Zodiac will spread fear. The note ended with a dig at the 7-5. I have seen a lot of police in Jamaica Avenue and Eldert Lane, but you are not good and will not get the Zodiac. Orion is the one that can stop Zodiac and the Seven Sisters. Next to the signature was the Zodiac's drawing of crosshairs. The note was disturbing, but it was also vague. No one at the 7-5 saw a connection to any open cases. The original was vouched with the Brooklyn property clerk's office. There were now four known letters from the Zodiac. In 1990 style, we faxed them to the San Francisco PD crime lab where they had the original letters from the San Francisco Zodiac. And within a day or so, they came back with a definitive answer that it is not one and the same. It's copycat. The handwriting did not match. It was no surprise. Anyone familiar with Robert Graysmith's bestseller, Zodiac, including the author himself, already thought that the New York Zodiac was a copycat. The New York Zodiac struck on Thursday mornings at 21-day intervals. San Francisco Zodiac attacked on Saturday nights during the full moon. Everything in the New York Zodiac's letters, the crosshairs, the language, the insults meant to embarrass the police, could be found in the pages of Zodiac, the book. There was no new information that would only be known by the police and the perpetrator. The only addition that the New York Zodiac brought to his game was the Zodiac wheel and the boast that he would kill one person for every sign. San Francisco PD even checked on their main suspect, and he was at home. On Wednesday, June 20th, Sergeant Cirovolo mobilized a group of 25 detectives. They expected Zodiac to strike after midnight. All three shootings were in like a four or five block area. So I said, you know, if this guy's out on the prowl tonight, we should be able to get him. 
During what was called Operation Watchdog, cops flooded the border of East New York and Woodhaven, Queens. They were in mail trucks, unmarked vans, all kinds of unmarked vehicles. There was a short list of local suspects. Some detectives spent the night staking out their homes. If the Zodiac struck and a suspect never left his house, he was taken off the list. It was a long night. Here is Ann Murray. That night, I went out with a photographer named Joe DiMaria, and we drove around East New York with hundreds of undercover cops and police who were out looking for this guy. Joe had his police radio in his car, obviously, and we heard somebody say, no lights or sirens, but come to Atlantic Avenue and Linden Boulevard. So we race over there, and when we pull up, it's a Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> with like 25 police undercover cars all pulling in, and they, they were having a meeting amongst themselves in the parking lot, and then I guess they were going to have coffee and donuts. <laughs> but Joe and I said, oh, well, you know, another false alarm. And we just, you know, spent the night riding around listening to the police radio. And at about 5 a.m., they decided to send everybody home. I really thought we'd get some action that night, and we got zilch. We all went back to the 102 precinct, and everybody's lined up, and I'm signing overtime slips because everybody worked 16 or 18 hours that day. And the phone rings. It's Manhattan North Homicide. Hey, Sarge, uh, you didn't get him in Queens because... He was in Central Park. He shot a homeless guy on a park bench. In the next episode of Breaking the Case, the city goes on high alert at clubs and bars, asking a stranger the question, what's your sign, becomes taboo. People would, like, freak out and call 911 if some guy on the prowl at a bar on the Upper East Side asked what sign they were. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Case. The Zodiac Letters were read by Detective Michael Smirtek. Breaking the Case is written and produced by the New York City Police Department and supported by the New York City Police Foundation. Subscribe to Breaking the Case for a new episode every Tuesday in Season 3. If you like our show, please consider giving it five stars and recommending it to your friends. And follow the NYPD on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm retired Detective Sergeant Wally Zions. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe.